the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. You can never have enough of whatever it is that you're coveting. You can never satisfy that longing or that lust or that desire. And that was written by Solomon, right? And Solomon experienced everything there was to experience in the world. And Solomon is the one who's saying, you can never satisfy it. The Bible also tells us that covetousness will abound in the last days just before Jesus Christ returns. Have you ever felt stuck between your faith and the world? Have you ever felt like your feet are planted in two different places at once? Today, Pastor Dan wants you to know that there's nothing more dire to your faith than keeping yourself firmly rooted in God's kingdom. The world will always try to tell you that it's okay to bend your morals, but this will only serve to destroy you. Leave the wisdom of man in the dust and embrace God's perfect love. The world offers nothing but pain. God gives life to the broken. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Mark chapter 7 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Mark's Gospel, chapter 7, verse 22, Jesus says that covetousness come from within. It comes, covetousness comes from within. It comes from the heart. That they come from within the man or within the person. This is why the Bible tells us to guard our heart. Because all these sins begin and originate in the heart. And so the Bible says, be careful to guard your heart, because out of it flow all of the issues of life, the Bible says. Now, uh, turn with me over to Luke's gospel, Luke's gospel, chapter 12, Luke's gospel, chapter 12, Luke, chapter 12, verse 13, uh, Jesus is surrounded by a crowd here, and someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, Tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. So apparently there's something going on in this family where the brother who is in charge of dividing the inheritance hasn't divided the inheritance. And so this guy goes to Jesus and says, Hey, make my brother divide the inheritance. This isn't fair. What he's doing to me isn't fair. And look at what Jesus says in verse 14. Man, who made me a judge? Or an arbitrator over you. And he said to them, now to the crowd, take heed and beware of covetousness. Jesus is warning us here about covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. 
Your life is not defined by the things that you possess. And so beware, he says, of covetousness. We all are in danger of falling into covetousness and having a heart that becomes covetous for things. This is what, this is what convicted the Apostle Paul. Turn with me over to Romans chapter 7. To the right in your Bible, Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7, verse 7. Paul says, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law. Right? The law brings knowledge of sin. For I would not have known covetousness unless the law had said, you shall not covet. He quotes Exodus chapter 20, verse 17. But sin, taking opportunity by the commandment, produced in me all manner manner of evil desire. For apart from the law, sin was dead. Paul says, no, no, the, the law brings knowledge of sin. The law is good. Because of the law, I realized that I had covetousness in my heart. And I wouldn't have known that without the law saying, you shall not covet. And so the law actually made me aware of the sinfulness in my heart. And that was the one. It was the 10th commandment that nailed Paul. Again, as a, as a Jew before his conversion to the Jews, the law was all out external. Doesn't matter what's going on in your heart. As long as you're keeping the law externally, as long as you're not murdering, stealing, and committing adultery and so forth, You've obeyed the law in their minds. Jesus comes on the scene and says, no, it deals with the heart too. But for Paul, as a Jew, as a Hebrew, and as a Pharisee, he could go through the Ten Commandments, unlike us, and Paul could say, I've kept that one, I've kept that one, I've kept that one, I've kept that one, I've kept that one. All the way through. I've never murdered anyone. I've never stolen anything. I've always honored my parents. I've never committed adultery. Boom, 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 boom. Then he gets to the tenth one. And the tenth one's dealing with the heart. And the tenth one says, you shall not covet. And that one nailed Paul. Paul realized he was busted and that he broke the tenth commandment. So it brought this knowledge of sin. Now, covetousness, you know, going, going back to Exodus 20, covetousness, you know, you, you, may, you may look at this and you might think, well, that's kind of a, Kind of an odd commandment to end the Ten Commandments on. I mean, you've, you've got murder, you've got adultery, you've got stealing, and then you're going to end with covetousness. Well, listen, covetousness can lead to breaking the other nine commandments. That's why this one's last, because this one can lead you to break the other Nine, covetousness can lead you to bearing false witness or lying. It can lead to stealing. It can lead to adultery, coveting another man's wife or husband. It can lead to murder. It can lead to dishonoring your parents. It can lead to breaking the Sabbath day, right? If you, if you have an inordinate desire for something, you know, if you have an inordinate desire for, for, for money, you know, and your career, and you're pursuing that, you can pursue that more than you honor God, and you may break the Sabbath. Well, I can't take the Sabbath off. I got to work. I'm too busy at work to come to church on Sunday. 
I can't make it. Or maybe it's not work, maybe it's not money, maybe it's a, maybe it's a hobby. Or maybe it's a sport. I can't come to church on Sunday, that's my golf day. I'm busy, I've got golf every Sunday morning, I've got a tea time, and I, I, can't, there's, I can't be there, right? And so covetousness is the one that can lead us to break the other nine. That's why it's listed last. In the Bible, covetousness is called idolatry. Idolatry. For example, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, covetousness is called idolatry. Covetousness is idolatry because it is making a god out of something. It's making something more important in your life than Jesus Christ. Jesus should have first place in your life ahead of everything else. Jesus should be the great uh, passion of your life, the great desire of your life, and, and something else or someone else can become the great desire of your life and, and, and your passion and life more than Jesus Christ. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 5, Paul says, uh, the covetous man will not inherit the kingdom of God. So it's a big deal. It'll keep you out of heaven. Jesus said, you cannot serve two masters, for either you will hate the one and love the other, or be loyal to one and despise the other. And then he said, you can't serve God and mammon, or God and, and money. And if he, also in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3, we're told that covetousness is uh, inconsistent with being a Christian. I'll read it to you, Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, verse 3, Ephesians 5, 3. But fornication and all cleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. And so it should not even be named among Christians. Those who name the name of Christ should not be covetous in any way. We're also told in the Bible in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 10, that Covetousness can never be satisfied. You can never have enough of whatever it is that you're coveting. You can never satisfy that longing or that lust or that desire. And that was written by Solomon, right? And Solomon experienced everything there was to experience in the world. And Solomon is the one who's saying you can never satisfy it. You know, the Bible also tells us that covetousness will abound in the last days just before Jesus Christ returns. That, that people will be characterized by covetousness in the last days. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2, if you're taking notes. 2 Timothy 3, 2 tells us that in the last days, perilous times will come and people will be lovers of money or covetous. Covetous. So I want to look at a couple passages together with the time we have remaining. So let's turn over to James chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Want to know why you, why you fight, why you argue? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because 
you do not ask. Verse 3, you ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasure. Here he tells us, where, where do wars come from? Where does fighting come from? Arguing come from? It comes from our own desires for pleasure. It comes from our own lust, he says in verse 2. He's talking about coveting because we want something that we don't have and we will, we will fight over it. We'll go to war over it to get what we don't have because we covet. He, say, he even mentions murder here in verse 2. You murder and you covet and you cannot obtain it. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. He says in verse 3, you ask and you do not get because you ask amiss. Your motives are wrong. You want to uh, spend it on your, your pleasure. That's why you're asking for it. So this, this, is, this is why it's coveting. Is at the root cause of why we fight. Why we argue? Because we want something we, we don't have. Even if that is in a marriage relationship, we want our spouse to do what we want them to do. Right? And we're trying to get them to do it. Or we want our kids to do what we want them to do. And that's the cause of it. Uh, turn over to 1 John chapter 2, to the right in your Bible. 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. Verse 15, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, look what it says, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away and the lusts of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. He mentions the lust of the flesh, the desires of your flesh, the lust of the eyes, the things that we see that we want, and the pride of life, the things that appeal to our our pride. These are all covetousness. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. And the Bible has many, many examples of people that covet. Many examples. We can look at only just a few with the time that we have remaining. Uh, but go back to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. Think about what we just read in First John. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. And here's, here's where sin enters the world. The first sin. Genesis chapter 3, when Eve is, is deceived by the serpent, by the devil, and she eats of the forbidden fruit. 
uh, which most people, for some reason, they, they describe it as an apple, but that's not what the Bible says. It doesn't tell us what kind of fruit it is, but for some reason, everybody blames apples. I don't know what, why people don't like apples, and not, why not clementines or a banana or something, but we don't know. So the serpent has already talked to Eve and deceived her. And look at chapter 3, verse 6. Look what it says. So when the woman saw with her eyes that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. And the Hebrew there indicates the husband, Adam, is just standing right there watching this whole thing go down. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't intervene. So when Eve saw that the tree was good for food, the lust of the flesh, I bet you that food's tasty. I bet you that would taste good to eat that fruit, the lust of the flesh, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, the lust of the eyes. And desirable to make one wise, the pride of life. It's going to make me wise. It's going to make me like God. I'll be more like God if I do this. She took of its fruit and she ate. Now, turn with me over to Joshua. Actually, go to Numbers chapter 32 first. Numbers 32. You're in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Numbers 32. This is when the children of Israel are still under the leadership of Moses. They're in the wilderness, and they're approaching the promised land to enter the promised land. And they are uh, just east of the Jordan River, just east of the promised land. In fact, in my Bible, the, the heading says, the tribe settling east of the Jordan. So they're just outside of the promised land. They're right there. They're right up to the edge of the Jordan. We just got to cross the Jordan, and we're in. The land of flowing with milk and honey. And you've got these two and a half tribes that decide just east of the Jordan, just east of the promised land, we're going to stay here. We don't want to go into the promised land. Look at verse 1. Now the children of Reuben and the children of Gad were told later, and half the tribe of Manasseh. So Reuben, Gad, half the tribe of Manasseh had a very great multitude of livestock. And when they saw the land of Jazer and the land of Gilead, that's the Golan Heights today, just outside of, uh, just east of the Jordan River, that indeed the region was a place for livestock. The children of Gad and the children of Reuben came and spoke to Moses, to Eliezer the priest, and to the leaders of the congregation, saying, verse 3 has a bunch of names we're not going to try to pronounce, verse 4 The country which the Lord defeated before the congregation of Israel is a land for livestock, and we have livestock. Therefore, they said, if we have found favor in your sight, let this land be given to your servants as a possession. Do not take us over the Jordan. So they say, hey, we don't want to go into the land that God has for us. We don't want the land flowing with milk and honey. We've got livestock. This is a wonderful land for livestock. This is perfect for livestock. We'd rather just settle. In the margin of your Bible, next to chapter 32, write the word settle. They settled for something less than the promised land. They settled for something that was outside of God's promised land. 
They were unwilling to enter the promised land. They settled outside the promised land because they thought this land is perfect for our livestock and we raise livestock. Uh, To put it in today's terms, they said this would be better for our business or this would be better for our career if we live here instead of over there in the promised land. And we'd rather stay here because it's going to be better for our career. And better for our livestock instead of going over the Jordan and entering into the land that God has for us. And listen, please hear me. People make that same decision today. Christians make that decision. Well, this is good for my career. Or this is a big promotion. Or this is a lot more money. And they settle sometimes, not every time, but they settle sometimes really outside of God's will for them. And they're making the decision solely based on the career or the finances or because it looks good to them. And they don't give any consideration to what will this, how will this affect my life spiritually? How will this affect my family spiritually? Is this what God has for me spiritually? Is this what God has for my family spiritually? And, and sometimes I will talk to people and, hey, we're moving. I got a job offer. It's an amazing job offer. We're going to be moving to the you know, middle of nowhere, Iowa. Uh, and, man, I'm so excited about this. And I, I, I will say, have you, have, did you check out any churches there? Oh, yeah, I saw some churches there. Or even, oh, yeah, there's a Calvary Chapel there. That doesn't mean anything anymore. Right? And it, it's all the, like all that's going to fall into place. But man, this is a great opportunity for my career. I've got livestock and that's a land for livestock. And they end up outside of God's promised land, so to speak. Historically, this area here in Numbers 32, that, that region where Gad and Reuben and half the tribe of Manasseh settled just east of the Jordan River, uh, it became a center of idolatry. They worshipped bulls there, calves there, right? Psalm 22 talks about the bulls of Bashan have surrounded me when Jesus is on the cross. Uh, Historically, when empires like the Assyrian Empire marched through that region, Gad, Reuben, half the tribe of Manasseh, guess what? They're the first ones conquered. They're the first ones taken into captivity because they're outside the land. They're outside the promised land. And so you have an example here of of, of people that are coveting the land because it's good for their livestock, but they're not really seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. They're seeking first their own kingdom and their own prosperity over what God has for them. Go with me to 2 Samuel chapter 11. This is a very famous example. You probably know this example. When you think of David, probably two things come to mind with David. Killing a giant, and what's the other one? Bathsheba, right? 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1. And it happened in the spring of the year, at the time when kings go out to battle, that David sent Joab, his general, and his servants with him and all Israel 
And they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. Stop right there. It is the springtime when kings go out to battle. David doesn't go out to battle. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You just heard a verse-by-verse teaching from Pastor Dan Sexton here at Ring of Truth. To find out more about our church and pastor, go to calvaryec.com. You'll find oodles of information about our mission and vision along with what we believe and much more. Come check us out. While you're there, do you have something weighing heavy on your heart that we can pray for? We'd love to intercede in prayer on your behalf. Please locate the prayer tab at the top of our homepage, calvaryec.com, and send in your prayer request through the form you find there. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook or watch Pastor Dan's messages live. But you know what's better than online? In person, of course. You get a more personal, tangible way of being connected with others who love Jesus. Visit us at either our 8.30 and or 10.30 a.m. Sunday services. If those times don't work for you, we also have a 12.30 p.m. service and a Thursday gathering at 7 p.m. We're also just a phone call away. If you're not in Maryland, call us at 410-491-4592 for a chat. We'd love to hear what's going on in your life. Again, that's 410-491-4592. Would you consider supporting this ministry financially? If so, visit calvaryec.com to learn how. We hope that today's teaching has been encouraging to your faith. Until next time, this has been Ring of Truth. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.